First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? I see dead people. Welcome to Chronologically. On this podcast... Uh, myself, Jeff, and Eric. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? It's going well. We take a look at every movie. We don't look at the full filmography, but we take a look at every movie from some of cinema's greatest creators. And this is season three, and we are looking at one of my personal favorites, M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh so, so we should we should say welcome back because we've been on a little hiatus. We've been gone for a couple months. Oh, yeah. But uh, we we have not actually One been month. gone. Uh, Jeff and I have been busily busily recording this season like busy bees, and uh, so uh, and at some point in the future you'll have a kid. That's right. And some some in the future, some vague moment in the future, a baby will be born. Yes. <laughs> if you had to guess, how many? pounds and ounces was that uh, would that baby be that baby if i had to guess would be eight pounds 15 ounces that's a it, I, it's just a wild guess that baby will almost be nine pounds a big baby why not round it up on your guess but i guess if you want to be that precise no i'm going to be that specific about it yes okay well um if you can't tell i'm an idiot and uh so what we're going to talk about now is our history with uh, M. Night Shyamalan. I've said many times uh, in the past that uh, he's probably my favorite director. He's someone whose uh, films come out, or if I'm watching a trailer, I'm like, this looks interesting. And then his name pops up on the screen, and I go, oh, hell yeah, uh, so is M. Night Shyamalan. I, I get let excited. Me, let me cut in. Were you ever one of the people who would groan? Uh, like, like, did you ever hit that point with M Night where you know his name would come up and you would be one of the people in the theater and go, ah, oh, like never, it, it not hurts. once, no, that was the I, thing. I, like, I don't know if you remember that was. A I thing. would been in the theater watching, and I think I can't remember what it was. Maybe the visit, but they that happened. People, oh god, you know, and unfortunately, Split came out and people kind of got back on board with the guy. But I never, even though there's a break in time where I stopped watching, like, there's like three movies where I didn't sit and watch, uh, I never really got soured on him. I was like, oh, okay. But at least I know what I'm going to see when I watch a Shyamalan movie is really incredible cinematography and um, usually great acting. I mean, even in the movies I'm maybe not that big a fan of, like Lady in the Water, the acting in that movie is really good. Paul Giamatti is excellent, you know. So, yeah, no, yeah. I never got to the point where I just had like a, a dislike of him. Yeah, I was never, I was never the one that would like throw popcorn at the screen when his name would pop up on the trailers. But I was, I've been in theaters where that happened, you know, <laughs> like, like particularly after Lady in the Water and then the happening, the one-two punch of suckage, right? Uh, that that came out and it'll be interesting to watch those movies now like in this context and kind of forward have that to thread them. running through them you know i'm kind of looking forward to them too and see i see have if a I feeling still... i might enjoy those like yeah. that i might come through from 
the the place of hey i am an m night Shyamalan fan and then find some goodness there i yeah. see that happening yeah my my history is like you know like obviously like everybody else i i, I like sixth sense was just a banger you know and then uh the comic book movie was pretty darn good and then i'm a signs lover like i yep i i am not the aliens water like i'm not that guy i'm more like oh that movie is awesome the village i was kind of like okay you know this is a little off but i I can take it i'm kind of like still on board with the village and a lot of it has to do with the incredible acting by like Brody and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Joaquin Phoenix. That movie is excellently acted. Yeah, the village. Whether you, the village is my wife's favorite. Like that's that's I the like, one she calls out. Like she, I she really really it. like the village. And then after that, that then we get the the one two punch of suckage, right? <laughs> like, which which really turned me off. And and then I fell out for uh you know like the the big Hollywood. After Earth and Last Airbender, like I was out completely. So those are the those. ones I missed. Yeah, I missed After them Earth, too. Last Airbender. Uh, I've never seen the happening. I think I've seen clips of the happening, but I remember actually because so, so many people hated it, and I guess Lady in the Water maybe soured me enough where I didn't bother to go see ha- the happening, or people just started hating on it so much I was like, well, I'm not gonna bother. I did watch um, it on video, and and I definitely, I had feelings like like. It, it, I'm used to a certain level of professionalism from this guy, and yeah. I just felt like that movie was sloppy. You know, like it felt sloppy. It almost feels like you, like the actors look down and find their mark on the ground and then move towards it and then look back up and deliver their lines. You know, like it's that level yeah. of like Ed Wood sort of, you know. And and so uh, that that's definitely where I fell off. But then you know, then the visit happened. And I'm back oh. in again, you know, like the visit. Like, I like, cannot wait to the, watch the visit. The trailer again. sold me on the visit. I went to the theater to see it. I took my two sons who were probably like mid teens at that point, And we had a blast with it. And then I've been all in ever since, you know, like back in, like he's, he's like back in stride. He's found his, his mark, you know, he's doing this thing. So, uh, so yeah, this is going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a shorter season than Spielberg, obviously, because there's only yeah. like, like 10, 12 films. Um, we got yeah. some bonuses planned. I can't wait to show you the one I've been keeping in my back pocket. You'll never guess. Uh, I've, I've avoided. I've avoided uh, looking. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll, it'll be a surprise. Uh, so his first film is Praying with Anger, and this thing looks like a student film, uh, but it's a full-length movie. A full-length movie that was filmed, like, on location in India. Right. And it seems as though and we're going to have to do some research here on like M. Night's personal history. But I kind of am of the understanding that uh, he was born in the U.S. and raised in the U.S. Well, and our main character uh, is, too. And our main character is, too. And I don't I don't think that this is semi autobiographical or anything like I, I don't know if M. Night went to India as a student to discover his Indian roots. But that is what the film is about. And I think maybe in the process of making the film, he might have had a some, somewhat similar experience to that, which is his character goes through. Uh, but, yeah, the, the film is about uh, a young man uh, from the United States and his parents were immigrants from India 
His father has passed away recently, and his mother suggests that he go do a semester or a year. I couldn't, I couldn't quite put my yeah. finger on the time frame, but go, go do some some university time in India, uh, and kind of learn his cultural roots there like spend time in the culture and kind of understanding uh where his parents came from and so on um and that that really is the concept of the movie it's not a lot more complicated than that like he is going to spend a semester in india and then it's all about the cultural clashes that he experiences um you know he kind of looks like everyone else but he certainly doesn't feel or behave like everyone else and uh and so the film kind of takes takes it uh, through all of the disconnects that he has whether it's like the disconnects with the academic structure with the other students with the ladies uh with the family he's staying with you know like pretty much every every interpersonal relationship that he has is a struggle because he doesn't understand them and they don't understand him yeah so uh this I'm just looking at some quick facts. This is a film that he wrote, funded, directed, and produced, which you can you clearly see that. And he's the main star in the film. Um, and this was never released worldwide with a wide mainstream release. It was basically just seen at film festivals. So it is kind of this little lost, semi-lost film of his. And I'm really glad we were able to find it and watch it because... You had mentioned, ah, oh, man, I can't see shit. It's grainy, and I'm like, ah, it's good to be back at the beginning because I remember watching, you know, something evil and and savage and how ugly that film looked, and I was like, isn't this nice? <laughs> I'm glad you felt this yeah. way. I felt I felt like this was way worse than something evil or savage, just in terms the of the quality. Film quality. Right, yeah. yeah, man, it was it was pretty rough. There's some squinting like at times i just looked away completely and just let it play out like because there was nothing on tv there no nothing it was shadows <laughs> and, and darkness it was just black yeah it was crazy <laughs> um so obviously neither of us has seen this film so there's no reason to ask any history about it um yeah i didn't even know it existed that's my history i had no clue that it was a thing yeah. i um How did you like it, Jeff? How did you like it? I kind of liked it. Did I you like it? I kind of liked some of it. I kind of liked... I want to say this. As a first film, as a film totally funded and produced on your own, like if I made something, it wouldn't have any sort of narrative structure or arc or character growth. It would just be fart jokes for two and a half hours. But this has a level of maturity to the subject matter that I kind of think is good. And it's not like a lot of student film, early filmmakers, they make this heavy, like artsy shit. Like, look at me, I'm an artist and I'm making art. And this just is like, here's the story I want to tell of this clash of cultures and him learning about it, and and then at the end, there's a message. I I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. You know, I I can respect that. I, I, I like. I kind of felt like it was a film made by a 21 year old. Yeah. Oh, for and sure. 
in that way, it is very, very earnest. You know, like I, I, I felt like there were probably some parts where if he were to watch it today, he would just cringe, cringe, cringe. Like just much like the stuff that I made when I was that age makes me cringe, you know? Uh, but in all, I felt like this was about on the level of a pretty good after school special, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, unwatchable. It had a few chuckles in it. Uh, the characters were interesting enough to keep me engaged, um, and it had, like you said, a kind of a message at the end, fairly heavy handed. But I mean, I like um, <laughs> the message, though. Like, I liked what he was saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, don't think it was super was on the nose. I've got. OK, so I've got some categories here of things to talk about. And one of them is themes that are said out loud. OK. <laughs> My other categories, just so you know, are Big Fucking Dummy, uh, Raj, Ghost Stuff, and Weird Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, there are themes that are said out loud, but it's done in the context of this guy being an American, not knowing the cultural norms, and, you know, like the whole, why are they respecting the teacher this way? It is like, that's what we do. These are your elders. You respect your elders. And that is that is hammered home. What I found crazy, and I don't know if this is true or not of the culture, and I don't mean to insult any culture, but the fact that the seniors at college get this bizarre level of frat boy respect that's just due to them. And when they're on campus or whatever, the leadership is like, yep, that's fine. Get that guy drunk and run him through traffic. Right, right. Yeah. One of my notes was I would smack the shit out of the seniors. Like the seniors, uh, beyond borderline abusive, they're just flat out abusive to anybody younger than them just on the merit that they happen to be one year older. Right. You know, and, and happen to Did be further along in their education. That all the evil people had facial hair. They all did, of them had mustaches, were... but the most evil guy had a full beard. Yes. Raj. <laughs> Raj. Let's go, let's, go, let's go ahead and talk about Raj. Oh, my God. Raj, Raj needed his ass kicked so bad through the majority of this movie. And it, like it's set up so that our main character, Dev, has this reputation. He got in one fight in the U.S. Right. He, arrives in, he arrives in India with this reputation that he likes to fight. He likes to start fights. And so every character he meets is like, we're not going to tolerate you starting these fights. You can't start fights. And uh, and so immediately he's targeted by the seniors who put him in situations where any sane human being would grab a stick off the ground and start swinging yeah. at these guys, right? Like like they need their asses what is the kicked thing? There's so like bad. one point where he takes them back, you know, like in movies when you get caught cheating at a casino and they take you in the back dark room and then they just abuse your ass for cheating. Like you've seen 21 or whatever those movies are. Of course. But they, yeah. He does that. Raj has that room and he brings him there and then he gets him hardcore drunk. And then Lou's like, and then he runs up across the street. I'm gonna kick your ass. Well, kick my ass then, because this car would kill me. <laughs> like, right? And it is shot kind of rough because the street that he's having to run across looks like it's one lane dirt road, and there's nobody on it. And it like jump cuts the cars 
coming through because I think they just didn't have enough cars to do what they wanted. And he was trying to get yeah. the effect he could based on the the limitations, you know, that production value from Super 8. And I, uh, I kind of like those seams to me. It's like, oh, he's trying. Like, I- there were some parts in the movie where you could definitely see like them the riot scene is another one where like okay i've got limited people i've got limited footage how can i edit this together in a way that makes it seem bigger than it yeah, really is yeah i have is. a guy looking yeah, out the, the window the yeah there's about 10,000 people out there and it's on fire and everyone you know yeah 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 so raj eventually you know like raj Raj is a very central character to the film even though he's not in it like all that much because Raj delivers uh the big the big climactic moment at least one of the big climactic moments there are several storylines running through the thing but Raj's is one of the primary ones and uh at the end there is a riot that we were just talking about out in the streets because a young non-muslim woman was hit by a car driven by a Muslim person and it starts a riot. Like the non-Muslims are really mad at the Muslims. And I guess there's a certain amount of cultural clash that we're supposed to be hip yeah. to coming into the movie because the movie doesn't really There's explain. no mention, at least that I can remember, of Raj's faith in the film until the very no, end, none. right? And None, so it just yeah, kind of it like it doesn't really woo. express that there are these two or even more than that. I just thought everybody went in India. Like, is he so is he practicing Hindi? Hindi, maybe. With, yeah. Uh, the family that lives there, I think. I, I think so. Yeah. But again, like not being fully familiar with it, I was kind of like, oh, I guess Raj is Muslim. Because then what happens is Raj gets surrounded in the street by all the angry uh angry non-muslim people who are angry about the the uh murder not murder but the accidental killing of the young woman and they're gonna set him on fire they douse him with gasoline and they're gonna set him on fire and the whole crowd is like kill him burn him even the principal of the school right. is there that guy's a who is dick like in a this movie jackass yeah. he's a jackass through the entire movie and and he's there like kill him kill him kill him <laughs> it's like Dude, God, you're like, what the Man, fuck? the opening scene in this movie of them just sitting at the table and, like, uh, like the way the movie starts off is just like, we have a new student and he loves to get in fights. And it just kind of just <laughs> starts there. And um, I just found that that guy, that principal, is such a dick in this movie. Yeah. Un- unbelievably like just rude and mean you know like he-, he decides that since dev is doing well in school that he must be cheating and makes it his mission to catch him but anyhow so what ends up happening is dev runs in with a can of gasoline or grabs the can of gasoline and starts dousing everybody else in the crowd and it's one of those like you want to burn somebody let's all burn let's burn bitches you want to play he god say that well, so do i which i think is how yeah. he's hoping it would be delivered but you know <laughs> he has no one to blame but himself so yeah, everybody just kind of disperses. And well, goes he home lights and, and a match, and he's like, "Who's who's who thinks who's God's going right, to save them?" Who's God yeah. is like because there's that moment right before the 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 meanest guy in the mob is about to light Raj on fire. He's like, "Where's your God now?" And and 
Shyamalan comes in and says, well, you know, gets them all with gas and has his match. He's like, well, where's yours? Right. And he puts them all in the same position and sort of is saying like, hey, we're all kind of we're just believing what we need to to get through life right now. You know, and y'all are as much, you know, have as much faith in your God as he does. I don't get you're going to you're going to burn just like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This was the big after school special yeah. moment for me. Like this, this is what made me think. Like, okay, I like it because after- I. One thing that runs a theme that runs through a lot of his films is faith, and I appreciate yes. Shyamalan's take on it. And this movie, I think, illustrates at a very early point in his career where he's like, "I understand faith. I get it. I see why it's important. I don't necessarily." Like he's saying, this is me speaking through him for and him having no way to respond. Like it's maybe not necessarily for me, or maybe I don't take all of it in, but I understand it and I get it and I see its value. And like in his films, specifically Signs to me, is you kind of get that story of faith, like believing in something greater than yourself. And I always appreciate that about his movies. Um, that he takes that sort of stance, that really balanced yeah, he grapples stance. With it for yeah. Sure. yeah. And I think it's it's his own background. And, and, and in this film, you can tell, at least from what I see, is that he loves the Indian culture. Um, the character, anyway, grows and starts to want to learn about his background. And I think M. Night Shyamalan loves his background and at least honors it in this way and recognizes what role faith has played in his development. Yeah, I think so. He definitely makes India seem like a very different and interesting place to be. I don't know. I was talking about this film with my wife and she, I obviously didn't make her watch the cruddy YouTube burn of it, but uh, I said, you know, it's a lot like the karate kid, like the, the Will Smith karate kid or Jaden Smith karate kid, just without the karate. You know, that's an underrated movie. That's a great movie. I just watched it a few weeks ago with my kids. It still it still holds up. Uh, but I mean, it's very similar. You know, like guy comes into a new culture. He's misunderstood. There's a girl he likes. He can't date her for cultural reasons. He's bullied by the other kids at the school. You know, the administration doesn't understand him. And then in the Karate Kid, he just whoops everybody's ass with karate, and it's awesome. In this, you know, he threatens to set. <laughs> everyone on fire fire. (laughs) but but structurally it's it's pretty similar you know um yeah i see that so yeah so so raj raj then you know returns respect to him that's that's like the bottom line is that raj respects him back finally after a film's worth of torment raj raj comes around one thing we'll get into with uh Shyamalan at certain points is uh plagiarism uh, you know, you just mentioning the Karate Kid thing, and I don't think that that's what's happening. But the, he has been accused of plagiarism on a cup, three distinct occasions I can remember. And when we get there, we'll get there. Um, but it is interesting to me, really, that you pulled those. Oh, yeah. Um, the the village. We'll get there. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm- there's a there's a kids book that uh very heavily resembles the village. Ah, I'm interested. Interesting. I did not. I wasn't aware of any of this. So, yeah, more more fun stuff to to talk about when we. I get don't there, really I care. 
Like it didn't bother me. I was like, I'm fine with it. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's Raj. So the family he's staying with is a husband and wife, a daughter, a, and uh, a young man. And again, they're going to college, so they're all adults. And the daughter is of marrying age, which I don't know what that is in Indian culture. Um, and so his adopted brother, basically, the, 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 the young man in the house is the guy who's escorting him, teaching him all the things about culture and in turn teaching us, the viewer. Uh, and kind of basically when the whole bullying thing goes, he goes, just cool out, man, just chill. And Dave never does. <laughs> He's just like, nah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stand up for myself. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I found like having the, the brother guy there as a guide was helpful because, you know, it, it lets, it gives the film a device to explain what the hell is going on. Because like, there are so many moments where it's like, what, what is going on? Like when they come into the, the, uh, the classroom. Everybody says, "Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir." To the professor as they enter. It's right. Like, what the fuck? Are, what? Why are they doing that? And then the guy's like, "Oh, it's just a sign of respect." You know, it's just like something that happens. Like, so you've got that guy there to kind of explain, like, well, you know, and and one of the things he explains is, "Oh, cool out. Don't fight back to Raj and the gang." Another one is, "Hey, don't touch that girl you like. Well, what are you doing touching her?" Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the so there's a girl in the class. And uh, he's like, can I go talk to her? Do you think that's okay? He's like, yeah, you can go talk to her. You know, just in passing, just be like, hey, my name's Dev. Nice to meet you. And then move on. But what he does is he taps her on the shoulder very innocently in American standard. And she turns around offended and walks away because he's like, ah, I didn't know. I didn't know. And there's several moments like that. Um, but then they meet on a bench and he's just kind of like apologetic. He's coming in, hands up. Hey, you know, I didn't know. And he, the one word he knows in um, the language they speak, which I can't remember off top, um, is it Hindi? Hindi. I think it's Hindi. Hindi, yeah. Um, it is sorry. And he says that, and it kind of cracks, because he has a thick accent, right? And he says the word wrong, and it kind of breaks her resolve. It's like, okay, this guy is sort of a just naive, I didn't really buy their romance other than that she was hot and he was a 20-year-old guy who's trying to get laid. I, it didn't do anything for me at all. And of the various plots in the film, it I think just, that one was... It could have just been I think it was, yeah. it was kind of weak. It didn't really add anything other than at the end of the movie him being sad. Yeah, two of, <laughs> like, two, two of my three big fucking dummy quotes uh, are from this, this plot line. Uh, the one of them is when the girl says to him, I think a lot of people who think badly of you now will favor you soon. And his response is, you are so pretty. <laughs> it's like, you big, <laughs> you big fucking dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> the other one is when he's talking to the brother he's guy like, and he's talking about how he's going to go like Mac on her. And he said, things are going to go real smooth. I can't miss. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, buddy. You can't miss. That's good stuff. <laughs> Big fucking dummy. <laughs> um, yeah, because it, it, it amounts to nothing. It doesn't serve much of a purpose. The The biggest drama in this movie is actually kind of an interesting thing where uh, the, the daughter of the family that he's staying with is getting married to someone of a, a lower station, 
I think, than the family is currently in. Uh, there's a one point where the son talks about there being caste, so there's still maybe some sort of caste system or remnants of it in place where you don't kind of marry below your station, but she falls in love with a guy, and she's like, I'm gonna marry him. And there's like a... Is she getting beaten? I mean, like, there's a point where she runs for safety, and her brother... And Dave, and one of the things I did like is her brother's wanting to stand up to his parents, and Dave's like, I'm right here. I'm right behind you. Like, it just kind of giving him that push of saying, you see this is wrong, right? And I've got your back. And I kind of, uh, I appreciate the fact that this outsider's perspective is able to look at things that are different than what he's used to and recognize oh you don't touch girls okay i see why that's you know i can respect that but then he sees this sort of abuse going on it's like cultural norms be damned this is wrong and i'll back you up yeah that's that's all true i thought the way that this storyline resolved was Maybe almost it's self-culturally insensitive. And and the reason why okay. is because... From a guy... Remember, this is directed by an Indian man. Uh, yeah, an Indian man with an, <laughs> with an American perspective, though. Sure. And I feel like it resolves in a very American way. Like, eventually, the daughter comes to sit down with the family... And she confronts her mother and she says, you know, I'm happy, but my happiness is not complete because you don't accept my marriage and so on and so forth. And then the mother like comes around and says, don't, why don't you invite him over for dinner? And that whole bit felt very false to me. Like I was kind of like, would she though? Would she just be like, why don't you invite him over yeah. for dinner? Would she? Because... Because even the dad was on board with the beatings and the abuse right, or whatever right. was happening. From everything we've seen so far, I think it would be more along the get the fuck out, I'm never talking to you again, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like there would need were... to be more layers of maybe Dev having some sort of influence or, just... or maybe even having a conversation like, listen, this happened, to, you know, and my sister and my dad died regretting it. Don't make those same mistakes or something where she has to internalize and process something why and, she's going and to... i think like real world wise this this gradual acceptance if it ever happened at all would have happened well without with outside of the scope of dev's visit right like yeah. dev would have been long gone never known what had happened to these people and so on and eventually 20 years down the line the mom and the daughter might have eventually resolved their issues or so on but i just i just that whole scene in the living room where they have a brief conversation and the mom kind of turns i'm kind of like ah, you know like i, I just felt you know, it was a very 180 sort of situation, you know, and and it felt yeah. it felt like it felt like an American solution, you know, like an American outcome, you know, uh, like we'll, no, have, we'll, uh, we'll have a little talk and now we're going to resolve our emotional issues. Whereas it felt to me like the, the problem was much more culturally ingrained than that. Yes. You know, like yeah. it was deeper deeper than what could have been resolved in a brief conversation yeah it kind of is maybe and i and i closer to like when like a, a gay person comes out to their parents who are you know fundamentalists you know yes. churchgoers and that's a great and analogy like, yeah get the fuck out of our house get you know that sort of thing and no amount of talking 
kind of re- resolves that conflict um, because the the roots of why they believe what they believe are so firmly ingrained that it's really hard for them to make a turn. Yeah. So speaking of uh, cultural things, can we talk for a minute about the ghost stuff? Because <laughs> let's talk about the ghost stuff now. Look, okay, <laughs> we buried the lead. Twenty-seven minutes. We we've gone as far as we can without talking about this one scene. So Eric messages me. He's like, S- the screen is kind of dark. Sometimes I misinterpret things. I'm like, oh, okay. So I get to a scene where Dave turns out the light, and he's he's got this thing where he's reconciling with his past father, and he's feeling his presence, and there's like a seance and all this other stuff. And he's at home or at their home, and he turns out the light, and there's two shadows on the wall. And I'm thinking this is, uh. And because the screen is so dark, I couldn't see that his uh, the son was already in bed. Right. Okay. So I thought I thought it. Was... I thought the dad was. Oh my god! <laughs> it was the twist of the century in this <laughs> film. I, I was like, oh look, the Shyamalan <laughs> twist is here. I thought I thought that they were still at. Like I okay, said, so they traveled to go to his dead dad's house and there was a guy there who was like living at the house. Now, he said, when your dad went to the United States, he left me the house. I'm going to leave you yeah. here so you can commune with your dad's spirit or whatever the hell. Right. So he turns out the light and then you see the shadow. So I thought that was like the brother guy. And then you see yes. the other shadow. So I thought that was the guy who was like the house caretaker. And then for all the world, it looks like the older going shadow down. is going yeah. down. <laughs> Like and he like, does it wait, twice. Is there I back that up and like, I'm like, "Whoa, what is happening?" And I thought, <laughs> I thought there were two people in the other room, and this was like, "Whoa, what? the hardest twist I could have seen coming." I, was, the- <laughs> I absolutely thought the same thing, and it's so funny when you texted me that I because thought I was there like, was yes, like abuse, yes. like, like uh, uh, maybe it was a. a like his dad and, and there's like incest abuse or something i'm like whoa this movie got heavy quick yeah it was so crazy and you you said oh you rewatched it to try to figure out what was happening i never figured out what's happening i'm still convinced it was blowjobs well it very happened? much seemed like blowjobs i mean like i 100 percent understand because that was my exact thought and i was like i was kind of glancing away and I looked back over and I was like, whoa, what is happening? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, so what I think this is supposed to represent, and again, I think a lot of this is just a result of the low budget and, of course, the grainy screen that we're watching and so on. I think the shadow on the left is supposed to be Dev's shadow. Okay? Yeah. So that's his own shadow. I think the shadow on the right is supposed to represent his dad's shadow. The ghost of his dad is there visiting him, making his presence known. And then I think that he had his dad's shadow fade into his own shadow and, and as a way of like disappearing or just leaving, leaving the scene, you know, like being done okay. or whatever. But just the way that it's filmed, it looks like it it's like, going, out like that. going down for blowjob action. Right. Yeah. And. and and he can't this can't have been his intention but it is very much like especially 
I, I don't know. I won't even say Nobody to a modern audience. Because people back see then it. probably thought the exact same thing. And, like, exactly. Laughed at Nobody the could not. Like I, we, the, like I said, this was just shown at film festivals. Those people at that festival were like, whoa, what the fuck? But the thing, <laughs> the thing that clued me in is that after that, after the one shadow goes down on the other shadow, then <laughs> uh, he says, Good night, Dad. Good night. Because he talks. Yeah, he, and he that, very that cheesily like, okay. t- talks to his dad throughout the week. I get it, Dad. I get it. Like when he feels like his dad is sending him a message. Uh, and so when he said good night, Dad. Good night. I was like, oh, okay. That's supposed to be his dead dad, <laughs> right? Going down on him. No. <laughs> oh, no. God, no. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is. It's wild. It is quite. A scene, but I mean, like the overall theme is that he does come to terms with his father, who he felt didn't really care about him, was disappointed in him, and so on. And then the, he yeah. he meets this caretaker guy, and the caretaker guy is like, "Oh no, your dad loved you so much. He constantly talked about you. You know, it was like the, a big the, focus of his life." A, and, uh, I know. forget the term, but almost like a wise man, a religious leader of some kind at, at one point, who he's like, "Yeah, my dad." You know, essentially, he goes to therapy. He's like, my dad was really tough on me. I feel like I let him down. And the other guy tells essentially a parable about, you know, what your dad was doing was trying to prepare you for to have the best life you can. He's trying to set you up for the success. And it just kind of clicked with him. He's like, oh, okay. And it kind of set him on that path of reconciliation. Take what you have I, given given, and find a way to make more. Take the handful I'm giving you and make an armful for your own son. That's what the Swami says to him. I, I, yeah. I put it in my themes spoken out loud section. And there's also a part uh, under the big fucking dummy section because when he comes in to talk to the Swami, he sits down and goes, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. What up? <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's fine. Listen, I think part of my problem or not problem is I came in knowing what I was getting into and I was prepared for the suck. And and when you have lower expectations, you know, it makes watching the movie maybe a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this sucked. I, like, I, I think it was a film by a young man, maybe kind of like uh, hitting a little bit outside his his comfort range, you know, it take biting off more than he can chew, like filming on film in, you know, on location in a different country with, you know, like it, it, that's a lot when you're 21 years old, you know, like, holy shit. And uh, the fact that he got something that's cohesive and kind of holds together and, and has a story that, you know, we could at least appreciate right. on some level. I'm going to I'm going to put it in the wind column, you know, yeah. like like it's, it's pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, it, it, it's later on in his filmography where we've we've got expectations that, dude, you're going to deliver. You deliver goodness to us. And then when he does it, you're like, what the hell? But in this, I don't have any expectations of that. Yeah, like, it's just I just want to see where you started. So I got a couple questions for you, and it's more about your own experiences as they relate to this film and, and kind of your thoughts about things and so on. Have you ever been uh, like hazed or initiated, like like uh, you know, like the seniors do here? Does have that Not ever happened to you? Hazed. I've certainly been bullied, um, but never hazed or initiated because I never I didn't go to college because I I hate school. Um, but, uh, no, not in that form, not a sort of formal 
hazing. I, it was just more like I was super thin and uh, looked like I would be easy to beat up. So I got beat up. That That's as close as I can get. Yeah, similar. Like my first day of high school, I had a couple guys light me up pretty good. Like one guy, you know, who's clearly a senior. Now I was tiny. Like I was, uh, I know I was 98 pounds because I wrestled at the 98 pound weight uh, class my freshman year. So I was a little kid and uh, this guy smacked my books out of my hands and then just lit me up with a series of punches to the chest. Like, like sent me flying across the hall, man. Like just random. Like I had no idea who this guy was yeah. and he just yelled initiation and like just fucking destroyed <laughs> he me. let you know what was happening. <laughs> Sudden attack. Uh, yeah, Unprovoked attack. That sucked. I did yeah. have uh, one situation, uh, brief brief Russia story, but one of the scenes of this movie reminded me. I always thought about when I was watching this, I'm like, I bet we get a gorgeous story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guy I was staying with, who very similar to adopted brother in this movie, like played the same role for me. His name was Vok. Uh, we were walking out on the street one day and uh, a group of guys came up to us. And Vok was like, okay, just don't say anything. Just be cool. Just don't say anything. And I was like, okay. And the guys were like, give us cigarettes. And we were like, all right, because we had cigarettes. And so we gave him some cigarettes, and then Vok was like, now we run. And I just stood there, and I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? And he was like, now we run! And he just turned around and, like, ran. And so I ran and so we're running yeah. and we're running and these guys are chasing us and we're running and he's kind of like screaming like run, run, run. And I'm running and I'm running. And I ran into this. There was like a like a playground and there was this bar at like eye height Ooh, and I ran yeah. in the dark smack into that bar and uh just laid out on the ground and the guys like came up and surrounded us and kind of like laughed a little bit and then just wandered off you know like like they didn't they didn't do anything else i guess you know it was satisfaction to see me rolling around on the ground and so on but it, the the scene where they confront him in the street reminded me of that a lot because like it was like oh shit I'm in danger. I don't even realize it. I don't even know, you know, like, I just think these guys are coming up to say hello or something. And then like the, yeah. guy, the guy that I'm with has to be like, oh no, these guys are going to fuck us up. You know, <laughs> it's like, I, now we run. Well, now we run. <laughs> yeah. The scene where he's like, I imagine they're criminals or whatever. That's, uh, that's reminded me of that. Well, those criminals were crazy though. Cause they just took the shit and they hauled ass. They did. Like, they like the threw criminals. all the shit on the ground and like ran off with the bags. It was funny. There were a few scenes in this, in the movie where I was kind of like, what, what are they doing? Like this thing, <laughs> there was like during a montage, there was this party scene and there was one guy who was standing up against the wall right. who had his hands up on the wall. And I then, thought we were watching Blair Witch. <laughs> I didn't know what was else, going on. Everybody else was kind of like dancing around and rolling around and like pouring drinks on each other and just like being crazy it's like what is <laughs> happening there were a few parts where i had a few like what is going on in this uh so okay cast system the cast system um so yeah i do think there's at least like some remnant of that still existing in uh india i think it's probably like frowned upon by the government but culturally still uh relevant and in place do you think the United States has anything equivalent? Do we have an equivalent of a caste system or, or, or what, what's our social structure that is, uh, in place? 
I mean, we do have a class system. Yeah. You're not locked into it, at least uh, culturally. Like, no one... So, like, we have an upper, lower, middle class, all that stuff. But you, if you work real hard, like, nobody's going to fault you for getting out of it. Now, the question is, is, is the system allowing you to, right? You're not – no one's uh, pressuring you to just stay in your lane, you know? If you can be successful, go ahead. Yeah. But I just don't know that the – things are in place for people to really do that like outside of the rare occasion of a someone makes minecraft and then sells it for two billion dollars to microsoft you know um right yeah but like that minecraft guy can't remember his name offhand notch notch yeah he's like a billionaire right but would he ever be accepted by like the old money crowd like if he just shows up and uh you know, starts attending, you know, society activities. Would they ever really accept him? Even if he's, like, way richer than they are, would they ever accept him? That I don't know. Like, I'm not in those circles. Like, it feels it feels like, no. I don't know. I watched a pretty fascinating uh, documentary about Les Wexner, the guy who owns L Brands here in Columbus. And it was all about, like, some of the scandals that they went through and the Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein stuff and so on. But a large focus of the first episode of that was, like, here's this guy. He's a self-made billionaire. He came up through retail. And he tries to go to New York and move into New York circles because he's been so successful here in Ohio. And so he's going to take his Victoria's Secrets brand and he's going to go there and he's going to put on these fabulous, you know, extravaganzas and everybody's going to love it. And he's going to become part of New York culture. And then like the New York, you know, quote elites or whatever, they're just like, nah, nope. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> you can't, you know, yeah. and, like I think like and, and that's just on that very high rich people level. But I think beyond that, there are other. There are invisible lines, you know, that that people who are maybe outside the culture aren't aware exist, you know, like there is an element of keep people in their place. And it's not strictly like your mind immediately goes to like racial lines, which are, yeah. are very real and exist and, you know, are prevalent in our culture. But I also think there are like economic lines and i think there are geographic lines you know in in uh i don't know like i i i feel like our culture is maybe more intricate and difficult to navigate than people want to think you know like i i do think there's an element like everybody wants to think oh you can make good you can do good in the united states you can elevate yourself you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know it's a land of dreams and you can prosper and so on and so forth but i do think also there are a lot of invisible hands on your head on your forehead holding you back as you're trying yeah. to do that you know what i mean yeah. like like yeah you can buy a house in that neighborhood but that doesn't mean those neighbors are going to be nice to you you know just cuz you can afford that house doesn't mean that you're going to be accepted by the homeowners association, right? Like, I don't know. It's just something that, that made me think. Cause like, I, I think most Americans, when they think about the caste system in India, they're kind of like, Oh, how can people live like that? Like that seems like right. really oppressive and da, da 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 da. But I think maybe to a lesser extent, maybe more uh, beneath the surface that exists. Yeah. Here I think there are well. more blurred lines. I think 
and and I do I agree that it is definitely kind of leaning more towards the racial side, like the um where schools are located and things like that, you know, making it more difficult for uh, people of lower income to get the education they need to find the jobs they want. Um, so I, there definitely is a systematic caste system in place. I think even though the lines are a little more blurred. Yeah. Have you ever been to a seance? Hell no, man. Listen, <laughs> look, so check this out. So I grew up in the church, bro. I, I very much kind of can relate more with the uh, the young brother in this of like knowing everything about the church da, 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 and like, hey, D&D was evil in my house. Like eventually my mom came around and I was like, no, mom, this is what it is. Look at, you know, she's like, oh, OK. But yeah, I, I no, nah, I don't fuck with demons. <laughs> I just it's like. Um, it's one of those things when I talk about horror movies I don't watch that shit with possessions and like exorcism of Emily Rose I don't watch that I just want Jason Voorhees running through the woods I also do not fuck with demons like I will watch the movies uh, that show evil that's on Paramount Plus fucks with me it like keeps me awake at night like I watch it because I love it and it's a really well done show but uh at night, I wake up and I look at the shadows in the corners of the room, just waiting Dude, for something to come walking out of that so, shit. Emily Rose, Emily Rose is the only movie that actually sent me out of the theater. Like I had to get up and go to the bathroom and like splash water on my face a little bit. Like it fucked with me really bad. So I watched, and again, I don't, I don't do them, but you know, I'm a big Psycho fan, and Anthony Perkins played Nate uh, uh, Bates. Um, Norman Bates in that film and his son Oz Perkins is a director and he's directed a couple films. Uh, one of them is called black coats daughter and it's a demon possession film. And I watched it and I could not sleep, bro. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> like he made another movie, which was a ghost movie. That doesn't bother me, but I, I don't want fuck with demons, bro. Yeah. I have the same policy with uh, Ouija boards. Like my daughter yeah, wanted to get a those. Ouija board and I was like, okay, here's, here's my stance, right? Like if a Ouija board is fake, then it's stupid. And why are you messing with it? And if a Ouija board is real, then it's stupid. And why are you messing with it? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, That is perfectly. Yeah. So let's just not, <laughs> let's just not do let's that. Just skip it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I can't t and I try sometimes because there's movies I want to see or like I'm like um you know come out and be like ah, I can't I can't I just don't I don't have it in me uh, I don't I don't do it yeah it was just really kind of interesting that the seance scene was in this movie or the ex exorcism almost and it did was it this didn't movie? bother me this because it was like well, it was just as bewildering as everything else. Like, like, yeah, like he yeah. was like, "What's going on? Like, what are we doing here? Like, are we just gonna like sit here?" And then he sits there for like three hours watching the exorcism, and finally he's like, "This is freaking me out a little bit. I'm gonna leave." <laughs> it's like, dude, you've been there for three hours. You might as well see it through. Uh, but 
yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny, but it does it does establish that like the supernatural is real in this world, or like it is at least yeah. believed in enough so that when his father's ghost makes his blowjob appearance, it kind of you know <laughs> makes sense. But <laughs> oh god, so yeah, I think we're both kind of in the same place on this. Like it was, it was yeah. pr- pretty pretty decent. I don't know if I would ever watch it again. I don't know uh, if, no, I, if I would really not. recommend that listeners would you know take the time out to watch it uh, you know yeah for sure if, if you could find a good copy of it then maybe it's worth a look like on a boring sunday afternoon but i, I don't even know about that and i'm i feel like i came out a little more positive you i don't even know about that right i didn't hate this there are things i liked about it but i'm good like i there's so much shit to watch and i don't think it added at least initially to me now in my current place a lot to my thoughts of Shyamalan as a film director or anything like that. It was just like, okay, this is where he started. Yeah. How do you feel about him as an actor? He sucked in this. You think so? I I didn't think he was that strong. Okay. Sucks a strong word. He was okay in this, right? It was fine. It didn't, nobody put together a tour de force performance, but none of it, there weren't a lot of places where I was like, ooh, that was stilted and weird. So I think overall it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I yeah. normally I normally kind of enjoy it when he shows up in his movies. Like in like his films, as we'll see when we go into, they have a lot of dialogue that is delivered very quietly and people kind of speak intensely towards each other and they say things of meaning. You know, right. and, and that's usually his part like he'll come in and he'll be the ambulance driver or he'll be you know like the delivery guy and he'll just say a few things about something and then he'll go away and and like i usually am like oh it's him like i enjoy it when he shows up you know but i i've always wondered like if you pulled him out of the context of his own films where he just has to kind of do the thing that he always does uh like how he would how he would fare as an actor in other context. Oh, no, I don't think anybody would go out of their way. I, I mean, at least initially, like he. This is the most I've seen him act. What a, like I think maybe his biggest role in his films was signs. Yeah, where he, he, he actually plays a character in the story. Um, and he, and he, it was good, you know, um, but I just don't think one. Um. I don't know that he has the Hollywood face, but maybe he does. I don't know. I just make the movie, dude. I don't. <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> but yeah. I so, will say I am a fan of the cameo, like the the Hitchcockian cameo. And I'll be interested to see if we get one next week because it's not one of those movies that's considered like. Shyamalan, right? Okay, on that note, I have no idea what we're watching for next week, so why don't you fill me in? Okay, so next week we are going to watch Wide Awake. This is a kids' film, I think, um, starring Rosie O'Donnell. What? Uh, <laughs> um, Watching a you Rosie don't know O'Donnell about this? movie? No, I have no idea. I've been. You told me to stay in the dark. I've stayed in the dark. Oh, I have no you idea. Stayed really in the dark. I, did, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it's a film called Wide Awake. It came out in 1998. Um, so that's the difference between our directors. We're getting right into the nineties. Um, and, uh, it's got Dennis Leary, Rosie O'Donnell, Julia Styles. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, This is a good guess. 
uh, written and directed by Shyamalan. I mean, no I've shit. never seen this. And how can we watch it? Is it on Amazon? Uh, you can rent it. Uh, I don't know. Okay. It is available. It is easily found. Okay. It is good, not, good. It's not like this. It's not like Brady. No, 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 no. No, this is a Hollywood film. Okay. The film looks good. Like, as far as the quality of the picture, it is readable. Okay. <laughs> like good. I said, it's Rosie O'Donnell, Dennis Leary. This is a Hollywood film. And this is his first big Hollywood film. I wonder um, if Dennis Leary's shadow is going to go down on Rosie O'Donnell's shadow. One can hope. One can hope. <laughs> and then after that, it's six cents, right? So, I mean, this guy's career is zero to 60. Right. Yeah. It's like wide awake with this little, okay, boom, six cents. So um, we'll see. But we got some bonus episodes coming up soon. I'm really excited to tell you about one of them. The one that comes, we do, do a bonus episode between wide awake and six cents. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm really excited. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. I, so, welcome back. Great off season. We took a break, kind of, kind of, not in the real world. Um, and so, I am so happy to have this one done. Now, I have a question. Yes. Do you think this is the worst film we're going to watch this season? Oh, well, I have seen the happening. Um, actually, yeah, I do. I do. Because even the happening yeah. has some pretty good, like, kill scenes in it, you know, yeah. like some surprising stuff happens in that movie. So it does have some base level entertainment value. So yeah, I do think that this is probably the worst film we're going to watch. Yeah. yeah. I think it's unlike, all, it's all uphill from here or like roller coaster from here. Yeah. Well, it's more of a dip and then you're back up. It's right. really kind of consistent. Um, yeah, I, there's no movie I'm dreading. Right. I haven't seen Lady in the Water in years. I'm really actually looking forward to seeing that again. Never saw the happening. Not dreading it. I know the Mark Wahlberg memes. Like I've seen them. Uh Last Airbender might be the one that I'm looking forward to the least because I started it and turned it off. Oh years ago. Oh <laughs> so, okay. So we'll see. And then I've not I After Earth I know nothing about. So I, I'm really excited for this season um yeah i don't really have anything else to add if you want to get in touch with us what's our well you you haven't updated the twitter handle have you i have not updated the twitter handle because in the real world spielberg is still it's, rolling it's yeah. june 3rd so yeah spielberg is still rolling for like another month um yeah we'll figure that out but yeah um, we'll let you know yeah, and then um, if you want to follow Eric on Twitter, you can do so at Eric underscore Hotter. You can check out my Twitter feed at Podcast by Jeff. You can check out my other podcast called The Movie Draft House. Um, and then Eric has GamingNexus.com where you can read his written video game reviews, his YouTube channel, and a baby. And a baby. At some by the time this by the episode time you comes hear out, this, there will be a baby. There's a baby, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're we're getting these episodes in uh, as quick as we can because I know what it's like to have a new baby. Ain't it ain't it ain't easy. No. Yeah. But it's it's good. Yeah. It'll be good. You'll fall in love immediately. Have you seen any um, sonograms? Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife is uh, 
almost 40 so they're like giving her ultrasounds like every two days every other yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah I've, i'm very familiar with what this baby looks like already so yeah yeah Cute. Oh, that for me when my son was you know before he was born when i saw them i'm like that's when it came real when you see him kicking and stuff so oh, anyway yeah. i'm just delaying the inevitable we're gonna watch this movie wide awake i'm looking forward to it to be honest yeah something new something new and we'll see you in two weeks welcome Thanks, back yeah welcome back thanks y'all bye